Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Art Gallery of South Australia. My name is Rebecca Evans, and I am the gallery's curator of decorative arts and design. I am not speaking today, um, but I would like to first acknowledge that today we are on the lands of the Kaurna people, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Today we have a great treat in the very last week of this exhibition titled Milton Moon Crafting Modernism. And we have Damon Moon, who of course is the artist's son and also uh, an incredible artist and writer himself. Um, I will hand over to Damon and I'm not quite sure what you'll be touching on. So I look forward <laughs> to hearing um, your thoughts and kind of uh, uh, an ending comment, a last comment on this exhibition. And of course, many of you will know in some of the previous lunchtime talks that Damon has been very involved in this project in both contributing an enormous amount of works from um, his collection, his inherited collection of his father's work, also um, writing for the publication. So um, I will say thank you so much for the collaboration um, working on this exhibition and I will hand over to you. Thank you. thinking of how I'd sort of begin the talk and try to set it up, speaking about my father's work. And I don't know whether many of you will be aware, but <coughs> before he took up pottery, which was a very long time ago, in the mid-1950s, he had another life. He, had, uh, he actually had a career as a broadcaster. So he used to spend a lot of his time speaking into these things, uh, mainly in a, in a studio. He used to work for the ABC, but he ended up working for the ABC in Brisbane. And um, it was there in the mid-1950s while he was a broadcaster and while he was doing the other things that he used to like doing, like he was diving as part of the Queensland Underwood Research Group and mixing with artists. Uh, I, I guess also being a broadcaster, I mean, in a way, he was sort of a minor celebrity and that may have given him an entree into the very small Brisbane art world at the time. So he knew a lot of interesting people. And um, it, look, it was a small world, but there were some very good people working there. There were painters like Molded, uh, Fairweather was living on Bridie Island. Roy and Betty Churcher, uh, Bet Churcher obviously went on to run the National Gallery. So, you know, there were some interesting people and there was this young bloke who was working in broadcasting, going to painting classes with some of these artists. And then one day, uh, and it was very serendipitous as, as these things often are, he happened to go with a, a friend of his to the workshop of a man that owned an industrial pottery. So this wasn't an art pottery. It was a place like in Adelaide, like Bennett's McGill pottery or Bendigo pottery. And th these things used to be everywhere. And yeah, that's where they made flower pots and whatever. Anyway, the bloke that was running the pottery was sitting at the wheel and he was throwing 
turned up having given a lift to his friend. And the bloke said, oh, do you, you want to have a go on the wheel? And Dad said, oh, yeah, yeah, right. So he sat down at the wheel and he just began spinning around and he put his hands on the throttle. And that was kind of it. Um, he, it he used to describe it as this sort of epiphany that he had. And as soon as he touched the flame, he just thought, oh, this is my material. This is my medium. So, despite having what many people would have thought was a good job in broadcasting, a career stretching out in front of him, he instead went, no, I want to be a potter. Took him a couple of years until the, around about the time I was born, actually, so around about the very end of the 1950s, beginning of the 1960s, was when he made the transition into becoming full-time. So the works, what, what I'll try to do is just pick a few works to sort of illustrate these times in his life that I think are sort of pivotal in to try to trace, to track his career over the 60s, something like that, the early 50s. Um, so those pots on the back wall against that, um, whatever that colour is, Rebecca, I have no idea. Um, they're examples of the very first pots he made as a studio potter, as an artist potter. Those works there were quite influenced by people who knew the very famous Boyd family in France. So he knew David Boyd. Even better, he knew a potter called Catherine Beck, who was married to Lucy Boyd, one of the Boyd sisters. Um, so Catherine and Lucy lived in Melbourne, but David Boyd used to come up. Um, and so Dad got to meet them through Catherine and Lucy. And they also showed at a gallery in Brisbane called Johnston Gallery which was a very, very good gallery. Um, and those pots there are probably from one of the very, very first exhibitions that Dad had at Johnston Gallery. Um, since you're not an audience, primarily of potters, I'm not going to go too much into the technical aspects of it, but, but those works there are made in earthenware, they're uh, made with different temperature, and stylistically, see that they're drawing on that earlier period of Australian pottery, which was before the technical aspects, together with, with uh, a real aesthetic kind of, which was related to uh, real pottery. But I, I'm just going to keep this very, very um, general discussion. So by this stage, he had got his first job which in terms of ceramics, which was running the ceramics course at the Brisbane Central Technical College, uh, which is where people would go for electrical uh, pots. And he built himself a little studio underneath the house we have at Tarragimbi, which in one of those weird coincidences is like a couple of hundred metres from where Rana Davenport, the director of this work, grew up. 
same time with him. And he started to make, he quickly left that style of work behind and he started to make work which at the time in Australia was like nothing that anyone else had done. I, and I think this is because he had the good fortune of not learning about ceramics at Nuffield School. He learned about art from very, very good painters who were his friends. He learned about the technical aspects of ceramics by working with people who were involved in industry. So he worked with this factory sort of situation. But he was never under the shadow or even the inspiration of a very, very strong ceramics teacher. So for example, if he would have been living in New South Wales, he probably would have gone to the Sydney Technical College, which was being run by Peter Rushforth, and they had a, you know, very much a house style. And he would have been very involved with Walter Bain's Ceramic Studio Ceramicist type era of doing. Instead, he was in Brisbane. He'd come to it from a totally different kind of, he'd come to it from left field, really. So he just saw clay as this material with which he could manipulate and do whatever he wanted to do. He wasn't really following anyone. Um, so he started to make work. Uh, so here are some examples of early work here and here, that pot up there. Now you can see in that work up there there is an influence in the decoration of the painting of Dada. So Dad, as a potter, was looking at this ceramic material, but he was taking his artistic inspiration from one of the greatest artists that Australia has ever had the fortune to have working, which was Ian Dada. So this is, this is sort of high modernist art, but being translated into clay. This was like nothing else that was being done in the country at the time. Um, in fact, Dad's first exhibition in the early 60s outside of Brisbane was in Sydney, and that was facilitated by John Olson, the dad of Monty, because John was exhibiting at the Kensington Gardens. And Olson introduced Dad to Rudy Coman, the gallerist in Sydney, and again, you can see this work here, which is also uh, illustrates the cover of a very beautiful book that accompanies this exhibition, I, I would say that you can see a kind of Olsonian influence in that work. I mean, you have to keep in mind, Dad was still taking in lots of these outside influences. He'd only been making them digitally for a couple of years. Suddenly he was showing in the top end of Australian There's another thing that I can probably draw out looking at this work about Dad's approach to ceramics, and that is the fact that this work technically is a disaster. That is the sort of thing that 95% of studio potters working in Australia at the time would have thrown out. The reason being is that this pattern on the glass 
was is actually quite, a quite severe technical fault. Um, one, one which Dad subsequently learned to manipulate later on in the day was really Even at a very, very early time, you can see that Dad would look at things that had happened to him, whereas a lot of other families would have gone,
was always really obsessed with Linux OS D because we thought that it was quite exploitable because we had some of the first Linux OS D drivers and uh, I wasn't sure how we would work with them.